Hi, and welcome to That International Life, stories from around the world, but mostly from Poland. Today, we have a very special guest, and actually my first uh, book um, uh, interview, I guess, I don't know, with an author. So, um, Laura Wilson is here with me today, and she is a brand new author with her first book. And I'm going to read a little excerpt. Uh, oh, darn it. I was gonna, not going to use that word. <laughs> Laura, do you want to help me out how you say that word? I believe it is excerpt. Thanks. So <laughs> I'm going to read you a little bit of from the back of the book. <laughs> One of those. Um, Laura is a wife and a mom who enjoys life in a small town. In this new book, she shares her unique journey, or race rather, through a battle against dangerous, rare cancer that showed up without any warning. Her very personal story of suffering and an unwavering trust in the sovereign God who created her is compelling and real. It speaks to anyone who has suffered and points us all to our hope in Christ. And so that is at the back of the book called uh, Strength to Run, Hope and Strength in the Race of Suffering by Laura Wilson. Yes. Yes. And today, so today we have Laura Wilson with us or sort of with me because you are in Flagstaff <laughs> and I am in Poland, but you know. Together in spirit. <laughs> yes, and that's why they call it that international life, you know. It's all over the place. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Laura, this book is hot off the presses. I think it's an, on Amazon. It says June 27th. It was kind of um, added, right? Right. Yeah. Brand new. Brand new. But the story isn't really new for you, is that? True. Uh, the story uh, is about... what should we say four years old um, when kind of this part of my life took place. And then I began really working on the book probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty exciting to have it actually in my hands, having kind of come to life in the last few weeks. Yeah. Did you ever think that it would like come to fruition like and be a book? You know, I actually did, and I think it's because um, when I really feel like God impressed upon me to write a book, I he made it very clear that I was supposed to write a book and that he had a plan. And although I don't think I knew what that plan was, I knew there was a plan. So I kind of had my eye on an actual real book the whole time. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And so how, like, I guess if people are listening, let's say, cause we have people from all over the world, um, and you want to share a little bit about this book or this story, what can you share with them to kind of, um, you know, without giving away the whole book, obviously, cause I don't know how many pages it is. How many pages is it? You know, I actually have to look right oh, now. It's 194. Yep. There so, we go. <laughs> so what we want, because obviously we have about 30 minutes, can you sum up all 194 um, <laughs> words? Hmm, let me try. I'll okay. give it a shot. No. So um, obviously the, the main theme throughout the book is about a cancer story and a period of time in my life of uh, experiencing that and um, all the things that that diagnosis brought about in my life and the life of my family and friends and those around me. And, um, but I think the bigger picture is more about who God is when life is hard, which it Mm -hmm. often is. And, um, so it, 
it's not just a cancer story. It's, it's about, um, God's strength in difficult times or, uh, upside down times, Mm -hmm. inside out times, (laughs) whatever you want to call them. Um, the, the title strength to run really kind of comes from, um, the verse in Hebrews, um, 12 that talks about, um, us, you know, running a race with endurance, whatever race is set before us, uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of, of our faith. And, um, I say after I quote that verse in my book that in this race of faith, I want to run well. And that doesn't mean it's always pretty or that, you know, people with stronger faith can deal with difficult things any better than somebody else. Um, I think the story is very real and raw at times, uh, talking about very vulnerable things with um, fear and worry and anxiety and suffering through pain and um, appearance changes and all kinds of ugly things that come with cancer. Um, But really, I think the takeaway message is that um, God is still good even when life is hard and that um, our faith in the sovereign God of the universe is what can kind of carry us through difficult things because everybody has difficult things, whether it's cancer or, you know, finances, loss of a job, loss of a loved one, um, whatever it might be. Um, that message of Christ's strength in us when we're weak and worn down, Mm -hmm. um, is kind of the, I think the bigger message of the book. Mm Mm-hmm. So hopefully that answers that question. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I'm excited to read it. Um, actually, I just saw on the um, on Amazon that it's available on Kindle, which might be a little easier to get a hold of here for me, mm-hmm. and then more instant. So that would be exciting because I've been like, oh, I want to read it, and people keep posting that they've read it, and um, I'm kind of jealous. So I need to, <laughs> I, need to I need to read it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, and, and I guess it's, it's an interesting story for me and it's exciting to think about reading it, to hear how you kind of collected your thoughts, um, and put them, you know, all in 194 pages, which seems amazing because that was a a very difficult time for you. I mean, I can't even imagine, but I remember even being around and being there and there's so many things about your um, story that kind of uh, like are big deal in, even in my life, you know, I mean, I remember mm-hmm. so many things about, you know, finding out what, well, remember, I think before I left for Poland, I hadn't moved here yet, but I was coming for a trip and you had possibly found something weird that you're like, Oh good. It's nothing in my, you know, in my neck. And, and then finding out later when I was in Poland that it was actually cancer and, you know, there's just so many different things that I remember, like really big moments. And I think it's exciting for a lot of people who watched you run this race. Um, it's kind of exciting to see that, you know, they can kind of read it and kind of maybe have that, um, uh, not clarity, I guess, but just kind of um, able to kind of sum up all of that time and and to see what you went through and to see how um, how you 
all the details that you went through and, and, and kind of that we kind of saw from the outside and, and cheered you on, mm-hmm. but, but not knowing what was, you know, every moment, what it was like for you. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you're in the book, Rachel, so you probably oh, should read it. <laughs> oh no, maybe I shouldn't promote it until I read the book. <laughs> you and Beth are in the book for sure. Um, and you know, our church, your church at the time when you were here was, um, uh, huge, uh, hugely involved in the story. And there's a lot of Flagstaff people and community things kind of woven in and out of the story. Um, so it definitely shows also what the body of Christ looks like, um, or really is supposed to look like in, um, difficult times for, for any of us. And, um, in my case, for some reason, God put together an absolute army to jump in and do so many things that I couldn't all of a sudden do, or, um, with us having to go back and forth to Phoenix for treatments, um, you know, people jumped in and did all kinds of things for our family and for our kids and, you know, food, gas, money cards, whatever that looked like. And, um, which is just amazing to read about. I have a chapter called burdens shared in the book and, uh, it's just such a testimony to, um, the body of Christ and community jumping in and, um, surrounding us and taking care of our nearly every need. And, um, I, I put a little, blip from Ecclesiastes, uh, in that chapter that says, uh, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Mm. And in my case, I had people trying to help me up throughout most of that year or two. And, um, it, at times I almost wrestle with guilt about that because for whatever reason, God did this huge thing for me and for my family with people helping with that burden. And that doesn't happen with everybody. It doesn't happen a lot of times. And, and I don't know why he chose to do that in this particular situation, but clearly he was in charge and he put the details together for a purpose and now has allowed this book to be out and people are actually reading it, which is very scary. <laughs> and, um, and it, there clearly is a purpose in all of that. So I've just all along, I've absolutely known in the depth of my soul that God has had a plan for me to write this story and yeah. for what he was going to do with it. Um, like I said, whatever that looks like is completely fine. And, uh, I know there's a purpose in it because I'm not an author. I am not a writer and somehow now I've written a book. <laughs> so, um, yeah. it's clearly God's story. Uh, the cancer part is God's story. My life is his story. And now the book is just kind of the finishing touch on part of that story. So pretty exciting. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that, I think that that's what's, um, yeah, it was it was amazing to see people gathering around and and helping. But I think that um, in some ways, 
you had always done that and were so involved in people's lives too. Um, and you were the kind of person who would always give over and, ab- and above to people, you know? And I, and, and I know that God can, he gives to everyone, whether they deserve it or not. Um, but it's interesting, you know, I mean, I really think that you, because um, I've known you since I was little, <laughs> pretty little, <laughs> but I mean, I remember, I mean, I, if you think back of the, my first memories of you, you were my uh, leader in Pioneer Girls, which is like Christian Girl Scouts or something, I think. <laughs> and you, you but know, I have always said as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I guess that's what best way to describe it. But, yeah. but you, um, you were giving of your time as a, you know, a young person, you were coming in and you were just like, Hey, I'm going to spend my time with all these awkward 10 year olds. And, um, <laughs> you know, and we were pretty awkward and kind of naughty sometimes. <laughs> and yeah. look at you now. Still, still awkward <laughs> and naughty. That's why I'm not doing a, uh, a video podcast because, because I'm still <laughs> awkward. <laughs> too awkward to do it. But yeah, but it's, I mean, I think that, um, I mean, I know that, that it's, it's still amazing to see how much God provided, but I think that you were definitely somebody who, um, you continued to give to people and people found it like a joy to give back, you know, to you in that time and, and to help. And I think, uh, uh, definitely an area that I had to grow then and am still growing in, um, but was kind of forced to grow more during that period of time is to allow people to help and yeah. to give. And I think uh, we as a culture, um, we don't want to allow people to jump in and help us when we need it sometimes. And I am guilty of that. And I know a lot of people struggle with acknowledging their need for help and letting people help. And, and it was a battle, you know, being a mother of four kids and, I'm an active mom. I like to do stuff and be creative and be here and be there and be involved in that and um, have the parties and go to the football games and oh, I um, remember run run people everywhere. Um, and I love that. Uh, and all of a sudden it came to a screeching halt and I couldn't do it. And it was terrible. And I had people lining up saying, I'll do this. I'll do this. I got this. I'll help with this. And I had to acknowledge that I needed help first of all, Mm -hmm. and then allow people to help, which I've learned through that period of time is a gift that really you're giving to somebody else is giving them the gift of letting them help you. I mean, that's, that's the way the body of Christ is supposed to work. And God has gifted us all differently and helps us to see things in different ways and from different perspectives and, um, offering different ways to help different gifts of service or time or whatever. And, um, if you don't let people help you, then they kind of get robbed with the joy of giving and helping and blessing somebody else. And, uh, we got to watch that a lot and, um, it was such a blessing to us, but I think also a blessing to other people in doing that. Yeah, no, that's true. I think, and that was a, I remember watching you try to learn that lesson, <laughs> trying, <laughs> that <was> to, rough. <laughs> trying to get you to sit in the, in the chair during the birthday party. That was a And not, not do things. I know. Yeah. Really hard. <laughs> I think we we're going to tape you in the chair. 
Um, you might have the first time. Yeah. And then after that, you're like, okay, I know. I remember that you learned pretty quick, at least with parties, because pretty soon you were sitting, you know, and you, it wasn't as hard to keep you in the chair. So that was good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, one of the, a question I have, um, and I, my sister-in-law, I think Emily asked you this and I don't know if you remember or if you ever gave her an answer and I'm trying to remember exactly how she worded it, but um, in essence, she said, you, um, would you, if, um, because you know what you've gone through and the struggle that it was, um, would you like, are you, would you go and do it again? I guess. Would you say, okay, I learned a lot. This is where God brought me. And I know this is where I like, does that make sense? Um, meaning, uh, treatment going to Phoenix, that kind of thing, or just the whole thing. Like you, sometimes people say, well, like all that struggle, like I'm so thankful I went through it, even though it was so Mm. difficult because I know what God taught me. And I think, I know that that's maybe not an an unfair question because it's one of those would have, but sometimes I'm curious, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it was, it was huge and I think you learned a lot, but would you do it again? Ooh, that is a tough one because um, the treatment that I had to endure, let's say, <laughs> um, is one that builds on itself, that radiation to the head and neck, and just keeps getting more and more intense throughout those weeks of treatment and several weeks after. Um, and in my case, for a, a number of reasons that was, uh, <laughs> felt like the end of me <laughs> for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought that it might be at that point. Um, obviously if I had some new diagnosis or it's like, okay, it's back, we have to do this again, I would do it for sure. Um, I joked with my husband at one point, I don't know if I should say this out <laughs> on the recording. <laughs> you can always edit later. Um, that if this cancer ever came back and I had to be re-radiated in a similar place, that I might go stand in front of a train downtown first. Oh, man. <laughs> so you can decide whether to keep that in or not. <laughs> well, no, I mean... for, the, for the sake of my family, absolutely, um, because they need their mom, the, their wife and their mom. And, you know, looking at that period of time and how God has miraculously healed me and is using this story already. It's, it's amazing. And, and I knew it the minute I knew I had to write this book, I, I've known it in my heart all along. Um, so, uh, people are, people are watching, uh, believers and like how, how we deal with difficult things as they come because they do. Um, and so I think obviously if I had, you know, another disastrous situation come upon me, which is likely in my lifetime that, um, I would have to make those same similar decisions of, uh, treatment and, and all of that again, um, um, unless for some reason it was clear that God was directing me to do something differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I think about going through that treatment again, it, whew, 
That's a tough yeah. one. Well, and but the, I know I would have to, obviously, and it saved my life. So as difficult as it was, it saved yeah, my life. So. Exactly. Well, and it's not like you, I guess, too, thinking back, like, do you look back and think, oh, man, you know, I wish that didn't happen or I wish I could have gotten around that somehow. But I mean, I don't know. I yeah, I, I guess I don't really wrestle with that. I don't um, look at it that way other than when I can't swallow a piece of bread. <laughs> um, you still you is, still can't? Well, not without water or something, no. Or butter. Uh, bread, yeah, or butter. <laughs> there was a lot butter. of butter for a while. <laughs> a lot of gravy and butter. Um, but, yeah, swallowing is still a challenge with dry foods, and sometimes it's very annoying. Um, my mouth just runs out of moisture all the time. And it's annoying, but in this in the scope of things, it's a pretty little thing compared to what so many other people are dealing with and suffering through. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, the the treatment was pretty brutal, but it spared my life. And other than a couple little things, I'm essentially healthy and restored, which is pretty miraculous, really. Yeah, that is amazing. Well, and you, um, I guess we haven't really mentioned what kind of cancer that you had. Right. Um, right. So I had a very rare um, nasopharyngeal carcinoma. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had come, well, it showed up in my neck, first of all, but they found the source of it to be kind of back behind, hiding behind my nose and throat. No symptoms, no nothing. Um just the lumps that showed up in my neck that it took a while to figure out where they came from. Um, but it is a, a rare, very rare cancer, one in a million, I believe. Isn't so, it? Um, did you want to share, like, I remember um, what it's most, like, who, like, like, the most common people that have this <laughs> disease? Yeah. So um, when this can- kind of cancer shows up, it is usually in males and mm-hmm. Asian males. <laughs> so I still laugh uh, about that. Like, <laughs> I always say, clearly I'm not Asian because I'm about as white as, as you can get. And um, I've always told my husband, I, I've been saying all along I was one in a million. Now I really am. <laughs> um, you were like one in a, a billion, I guess, because you're, yeah, you're not even a white. Uh, <laughs> or you're, you're just not even an Asian male, you know? Yeah, yeah it's true. Tall so blind. really, really weird that, um, that kind of cancer is what showed up. And, um, unfortunately the treatment is, you know, the, for me, because of where the, um, metastasized lymph nodes were, they couldn't just remove them surgically. So I had to do the radiation and chemo, which now of course I'm thankful for because the, um, surgery to remove them would have been pretty pretty drastic one. Um, so clearly God had a plan for all of that. And, um, I had amazing medical care here and through the Mayo Clinic and, um, the, I just had an appointment, uh, two weeks ago ish, maybe three. And my doctor said, see you in a year. And I said, what do you mean? In In a year I come back for scans or what are, what are we doing? And she said, nope, no scans unless there's something weird. So um, 
that's pretty amazing. I've yeah. been, you know, rescanned and all kinds of things, you know, every three months, six months, 12 months for, you know, four years now. Has that um, been pretty uh, scary just to, every time you go back in, do you feel that, mm-hmm. you know, the fear of dread or, or, you know, when you find yeah. something different on your body even, have you been pretty stressed mm-hmm. about that? Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely. Yes, yes. And yes. Um, mm-hmm. And all the while I keep going back to, wow, God, look what you showed me here. And I know this to be true. And here I am freaking <laughs> out again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's a normal human response. Um, and no matter how much I trust God, and I do, having an appointment where they're going to scan your whole body and shove things up your nose and down your throat and put you in machines for hours to find something that could be lurking is pretty scary. Yeah. Um, so it's actually, for some reason, gotten harder mm-hmm. over time instead of easier. Oh, that's interesting. The actual, you know, MRI kind of scans and I don't really know why, but hmm. um, anyway, that's interesting. I wonder if you it's have because, to read the book to find out the rest. I know guys, we don't want to give you it all. You know, you can't no. just give it away now. Um, yeah, I think, um, do you feel like your perspective on, um, God or even the gospel had changed during this time or, um, what, what do you think really challenged you as far as your view on, on God? You know, I don't think my view of God or my faith necessarily was challenged. Um, well, I mean, it was obviously challenged, but I, I went in to this situation with what I would say would be as solid of a faith in a sovereign God as, you know, as about possible and totally trusting God with who he is, who I am, this situation. But at the same time, when you don't know what the, what the outcome is, Mm -hmm. there's just this automatic anxiety provoking fear that, yeah, I trust God and he has a plan and he's in charge, but I'm not sure what that really means right now. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I mean, every day is really like that if we think about it, but when, death is kind of in your face possibly or life changing something big and life changing like Mm -hmm. that. Um, it was a pretty scary spot to be, even though my faith was what I felt to be rock solid. So, I mean, I would read verses and listen to worship and, you know, remind myself again and again and again and again, all day long sometimes of how faithful God is and was and always will be and was still battling fear and anxiety <laughs> and worry. Yeah. So I can't imagine going through that without Christ. Um, no way. Cause there's no hope in that at all. Yeah. And um, so I'm really thankful that God had prepared me to walk that road, trusting him as much as he did before, before it came <clears throat> for sure. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting too because um you see that I think it's a it's an exciting book to have because you see that no one is immune to pain, you know? Uh whether you're a believer or, you know, you trust in in God or you, you know, any 
we all are we all are subject to cancer and pain and difficulty just the same you know and and in, and in some ways it's it's the response and and what god has for us and the and the change that he's going to make in us that really mm-hmm. is the difference but. And really, you know, I don't know if you would want to read it or summarize it, but what uh, Pastor Steve kind of said on the back kind of sums that up that, you know, we all have trials, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if that might be a good way to... Do you want me to read it? Um, well, it's up to you. I mean... Or parts of it. But it kind of wraps up the um, idea of, you know, what it looks like to go through something really difficult, trusting God, even though you're still kind of battling those real struggles. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can read it real quick. I actually have it up here. So that way, you know, we'll have it out there. We were discussing (laughs) whether to read it, but we'll just read it or I'll read it. We don't have to read it together. That would be more difficult to coordinate. That would be weird. (laughs) That would be super difficult. (laughs) Congregational reading. Okay. (laughs) So this is... um, is it the I don't know the forward or was it just the no this is kind of the endorsement on the back okay a back endorsement so it says whether you have um you have had cancer in the past have it now or never get cancer you have had and will have major trials we all do reading Laura's honest account of her battle with stage five cancer will help you see how faith in the living God works works out in the ups and downs of such a life and death a struggle. I appreciated how Laura did not cover up her feelings and how she described the intensity of the battle she went through. I also appreciated reading her um, how her husband, Mark, stood with her and supported her during this ordeal. Her story additionally shows how much we need uh, each other during such struggles and particularly um, how to be a help, um, to be of help to a friend who is going through such difficult times. By reading this story, you will be strengthened in your faith and better prepared for the next trial you will face. Pastor Steve Cole. Fair enough. Yes. And I think you said stage five. It was stage four. I was I wondering. Maybe, there is a stage five. I think that. But actually, I just don't know. It was in Rome, uh, Roman numerals. I know. I don't know them either, but stage four. So, so maybe it <laughs> just was. Just consider that. I was all, um, I was all just guess. (laughs) I was like, I don't think she had stage five, but I think an IV means, I don't know. I'm just going to go with it. (laughs) I was like, that seems pretty severe. Okay, good. So I'm glad. Okay. Yeah. And in actually, side note here, in Poland, they use a lot of Roman numerals, even for dates and things and Mm. just like writing dates. And I have no idea. Like I can't even, because they do dates backwards anyway. Like they write, mm, mm month no date month year i think and so oh, yeah so already i'm messed up and then they add in roman numerals and i'm like well i never know what year it is so we'll just <laughs> we'll just guess so anyway so i guessed on your cancer i'm sorry no um, it's fine well and i was thinking maybe oh, to end it i don't know unless you have something else in mind i have a paragraph that might be just a good little ex- blur ex- from ex- the book excerpt excerpt <laughs> <laughs> Mm, good unless you want to do something different so i think i'm excited about because you i mean they always have on on readings of you know books they have your you have to read it so that's great okay so i'm gonna read this little paragraph so this is really i believe from chapter one maybe 
Yes, and it's called Foundations. Um, so this is a story of learning to persevere with faith and trust in a sovereign God who holds every part of my life in his loving, powerful hands. This book was written by someone who has experienced the mess of cancer and the ravages of its brutal treatment, yet miraculously emerged as an overcomer on the other side. At the same time, and with a heavy heart, I'm reminded that not all cancer stories have good endings. Cancer doesn't seem to have any boundaries, and it doesn't follow the rules. I have a high school friend who was diagnosed with cancer just a few short months before I was, and her story is entirely different. Her time on earth has recently come to an end. Whew, that's tough to even read out loud. Wow. Um, six members in our small church have lost the battle with cancer within the last two years. And another young mom I know is sadly losing her battle as I write this book. Sometimes these harsh realities feel almost too raw to process. I sometimes grapple with why God and his sovereignty has chosen to heal and restore me and has not healed others. I struggle at times with a weird sense of guilt and I wrestle with this every day. Yet this is a place in my life where I have to completely trust in his plan. I don't understand how or why he writes the stories he does, but I have to trust that he knows what he is doing. God gives each of us a story to tell. This just happens to be mine. That's all. (laughs) No, that's a good one. Um, Yeah. I think... Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that people, um, when you're listening to this, wherever you are, we have listeners, it seems like, all over um, the world. Um, and you can order this book on Amazon, uh, and it's Kindle, or, you know, they even ship to Amazon now ships all over the world, too. So you can get yourself a hard copy if you prefer. But, um, yeah, I feel like lately, this year, even in my life, it's been more and more... Um, seeing people going through these, these immense trials and dealing with death and suicide and cancer. And I, you know, I'm just sometimes blown away by how much is going on and just, just the burden of, of that. And I think that's a, like you said, that's a good way to, good way to end. Um, just to think about how, (laughs) how we can't, we don't necessarily know why or, um, for what reason, but, we have to trust in in a sovereign God. Mm-hmm. Um, I I often think of um, and I'm Kathy would be pretty upset at me, but I don't remember the reference. <laughs> but where you know uh, when you know, oh I guess it's in a couple of the Gospels we'll say, but just when 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 you know Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, "Are you going to leave too?" And they said, "Where would we go?" You know, and even Paul says that you know. I have no no other place to turn. And I think that that sometimes God brings us to those places and it sounds like he brought you to that place as well just to say, well, where you have no other hope. It's in me. And yeah, in him and him alone, minute by minute. <laughs> amen. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I'm really excited. I'm excited to read this book and I hope that you all will be too and I'll put the um the link in the show notes and if you want to share any pictures laura we can put those on too um as well and so check out the show notes at that internationallife.com 
Um, and if you like the the show, um, check out the um, or subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast using the RSS feed from the website and share with your friends and rate it on iTunes. That would be great. Um, the more people that hear, the more people get to hear stories from around the world, which is always exciting and encouraging to remember that, you know, people go through the same things that we do. And um, it's just a great way to hear um, and get out of our bubble of a world. Um, and before we close, though, I was going to ask you, do you have any um, funny story to share about? Can you think of one off the top of your head? I'm From, from this book? Meaning? From the book or even from, you know, maybe you don't have one that was from the book, but you didn't include it, but it was a good story. You know. Even... Well, I'll share. Um, I just spoke about this at a Bible study this morning. We were talking about, um, you know, what do you say when somebody's going through this? Or wonder if you can't find the words or um, wonder if you say something awkward and you didn't mean to. And so... Um, I actually included in my book a chapter called Words and Scars. Oh, no. Part of it, part of it is about uh, the things that people say and maybe shouldn't have said. Oh, no. <laughs> and kind of my perspective of and my choice to uh, laugh at it instead of, um, obviously, sometimes it was hurtful, but um, ultimately to find something funny about it, which I know you and I have in common. <laughs> and, um, awkward things or hurtful things we you know tend to try to make a joke out of it so it's not quite as painful but um I made a a conscious effort to laugh at those things or go home and literally write it down and find something (laughs) funny about it and so uh, I was telling one in bible study today because we were talking about hair and the process of losing your hair and wearing a wig and all of that stuff and uh how literally recently I would say within the last (laughs) year and now you know I have my own hair and it's longer again uh but someone that I don't know too too well but um that I go to church with sometimes um (laughs) came up to me in a public place and yanked really hard on my hair in the front near my face and I mean really hard pulled and said is that your real hair oh my goodness (laughs) and uh so thankfully it was because I said if it weren't, she would have had my wig in her hand because she was pulling on my hair that hard. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so um, the, when those things happened, as awkward or painful as it might have been at the time, I literally went home and wrote it down and wrote myself some notes and tried to find something funny about it. And now <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, that is um, pretty great. <laughs> and I changed the names of the people in the story, so... But I'm sure if they read it, they'll go, oh, my word, I think that was me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so I have a lot of funny stories, but probably no more time to go. Yeah, yeah. And you have have a chapter, you said, on funny stories, right? um, The chapter on on words. Okay. I I list them, and some of them are pretty pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, well, good. I'm excited. I I think I remember a few, but I'm excited to read the book. Now yeah. I think I'm going to go order it, and I'm going to stay up all night reading, even though I shouldn't. Ooh. But and then you know, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah, then we'll have to we'll talk over 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 chat. But yeah, thank you so much for um, being on today. And um, yeah, I just really had thanks it. for having me. Oh yes, and you're doing lots of book signings, and you're doing all kinds of promotional things. Um, but yeah, I hope that people, you know go out and buy the book because I think it'll be well worth it and you will be encouraged and challenged and 
Yes. And if you have any questions for Laura, you can write to her at rachel at that international life.com. And I will make sure that she gets your questions and answers them. So Ooh, thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we will talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Okay. Bye, Rachel. Bye.